Today on The Fittest Fat Kid You Know, my buddy drops by to repossess your heart, along as your car if you uh, fall behind on payments. My buddy Matt Birch is going to be talking about how he lost 100 pounds, cleaned up his mindset, cleaned up his diet, and got his fitness back on track. And also, he's going to brighten your day because that's just the kind of guy he is. So hit that music and let's get this party started. Joining me today is a man who, since the moment I've met him, has really been an inspiration to me. And I don't just say that because he's sitting across the room from me and he can beat me up. This is a man who has, throughout his life, worked hard. But with my own eyes, I watched him put in the time and the reps well before anybody else would dare turn up at the gym. I thought I was the early one, but I wasn't. It's my main Matt. Matt! (laughs) <laughs> how are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm fine. Uh, what, how, how, much, how much better can life be? We're here in the Hollywood Hills with this beautiful view of L.A. Uh, I'm here with my good friend today. I don't think life gets much better. It really doesn't. <laughs> depends, on, depends on what food comes later. But Yeah, um, there we go. There and we food go. is a big part of what we're going to talk about. And speaking of food, Matt, a quick update. This week, I weighed in at... 242 pounds, 0.2. That's down from the last time I weighed myself by 4.4 pounds. So some progress. As I said last week, this was my girlfriend's birthday week. It was celebrating her birthday. So I took the time off, had cake, had Italian food, and then came back onto a five-day fast. And uh, did a lot of walking, not a lot of lifting, but I was out of town. So that's my update. I'm pretty happy with the progress. But when we're talking progress, the reason I wanted you here today, Matt, is because the last time I saw you was pretty much at the start of the COVID pandemic. So it's been a while, but you really made an amazing amount of progress since I last saw you. I mean, when you magically appeared out of the back weightlifting room, which in the way that you do, silently somehow, I don't know how somebody with your build, moves like a shadow (laughs) through the world. But you do it. But you had dropped, like overall from the time I first met you, you've dropped 100 pounds. 100 pounds. 100 pounds. I think from the time I saw you last, it was more like 60 or 70, which is still an amazing amount of weight in the period of time. How did you do it? (laughs) How? What were the steps you took, both from a diet perspective and a physical perspective? Because I think... You are not always um, overweight. You got there relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And maybe let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about your fitness progression into your, let's call it your nadir, your low point. All my life, I had, uh, I had uh, been in shape, um, wrestling team in high school. Uh, I started weight training at the age of 13 years old. And I'm talking old school weight training. My, 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 uh, I learned from the pro bodybuilders of the time period. Um, my brother was uh, associated with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dave Draper. So it was all old school training. And that happened all of my life. And it was the one avenue I had that I could progress on myself. Because uh, in, in weight training, in, in this lifestyle, 
you're only as good as what you do. You, it's not, you're not depending on somebody else to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. So all of my life, I had been in shape, even throughout my uh, career on TV, in shape, doing my thing. Like you were like a jacked. Oh, I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was about 275 uh, with a 32-inch waist. I was a pure wrecking machine. Professionally so. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know that's, that's what I did. Well, not only was I on TV, but, you know, as you know, I repossessed cars. I was a bounty hunter. So my life has been very physical. You are definitely the baddest ass teddy bear walking the face <laughs> of the earth. It is, it is an amazing contradiction because you are a tough SOB and yet one of the nicest, absolute sweetest, big hearted guys. Well, I find it better to, I find it much better to uh, talk people out of a situation than to actually get in one. But if, you know, it's nice to be able to have both the abilities to be able to talk your way out of something or fight your way out of something. I'd rather talk my way out of something though. So all of your life. In shape. Jacked in shape. So you're asking what happened. I'm so, not, without asking what happened, no, I'm asking okay. what happened. So I, back in 2017, 2015, everything started collapsing in my life. Divorce from the love of my life. Um, the TV show was ending. Everything in my, my, my children, my adult children were now moving on with their lives. I kind of gave up. Oh, and then, of course, the stroke. I had, I had a stroke. I didn't know that you had a yeah, stroke. Yeah, I, I had a stroke. And after the stroke, I had to have my shoulder rebuilt, you know. And it's just, but it was one series of events after another. And, I, and I, I will admit that I gave up. And I ballooned. I went from, I, I had dropped at that point in time. I had been down into around 225, 230. I ballooned up to 225, excuse me, 325, 330. Uh, I think that's when you met me. Uh, I had just started to get back. So when I met you, you were just at the beginning. Just at the beginning, yeah. I just started coming back because uh, I had been. I literally took three years off. When I met Matt, I had I was just starting on, on my fitness journey, and I began going into a martial arts thing called XMA, and I would go in at five forty-five a.m. in the morning. I was the only person there aside from the woman who cleaned the place, who also would work out on the treadmill. But I was there like a half hour before the class started, and I thought I was the only one. Suddenly, silently, there's this man there, big dude, but he's moving fast and with purpose and friendly as all hell. Like, hey, how you doing? Just <laughs> automatically, I might as well have known him for five years, just the way he was talking to me. And he used me, used me, you used me, man. used you. I used used you. me as his rest break. He would, <laughs> he would vanish off into his cycle, come back and he'd be by this boxing ring where I was stretching and working out. And he'd be hanging off doing some weird ab exercise and just talking to me, chatting as he's catching his breath for the next round. But I had no idea that that was like the start because at the start, you were intense. You were intense. Well, you think I had discipline for being there that early. What it was about, let me tell you what, why I was there that early. One thing I learned when I gained weight and when I got large was how absolutely obnoxiously mean and terrible People can be both friends, family, and strangers. So I was at that point where I'm going to go in when I don't have to deal with a soul. I don't have to deal with anybody coming up to me and like bragging on me or talking crap to me. So that was why I came there that early at the time was to avoid that kind of confrontation with people because I just didn't want to deal with that. It is tragic. And uh, one of the themes of this podcast, of course, is where I'm trying to talk to people who are 
in that same situation, the way society basically feels it can talk down, judge and belittle people who are heavier in weight or having various body issues. I think they also do it to to people who are severe ectomorphs where they can't put on weight if yes. they, to save their lives. But there is a general um, stigma. stigma and just overall nastiness because clearly there's something wrong with you. You're doing something wrong. And not that there aren't things that need to be worked on, but overall the permission to be cruel is very pervasive. Even for somebody like you who, before that happening, to make you want to shut down shows how bad it can be. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. That's a fact. And, and uh, like I said, I, uh, this, it wasn't just from strangers. It was from family members. It was from friends of mine that would, you know, like off these off-the-collar just insults and, you know, um, from people that, by the way, from people who had never picked up a weight or done a calisthenic in their entire lives, and, I, and now I understand why that was, though, Bruce, because I understand why people do the things they do. I, I hate to say it, it. It is jealousy. I always hated the, that concept of jealousy because I'm like, who am I to be jealous of? But apparently, I, I was. And the fact that I had fallen down really gave some of these people a lot of great joy and happiness. He's been so good, and now look at him groveling yes. on the ground. Yeah, look at him now. He's Let me just a, put yeah. my boot on his throat. There and it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. As I said, I, I don't know anybody or anyone or anything. I walk around in blissful ignorance. <laughs> but very warm, friendly guy. And you worked hard, amazingly hard. You always were seeing you. Because our relationship is entirely built around this gym, as are most of my relationships. I will live a weird life. But I would see you and it would make me happy because... I could see what you were doing and you just had this, what I read as like this positive energy. You listened to the right kind of metal, which was always nice. And you were always up for putting on a request. Yes. And I, I, I will eternally appreciate that. Mr. Ozzy Osbourne fan. Yep. Black Sabbath. Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here was somebody who basically professional badass and he slipped. And this is the story of how he slipped and how he's working his way back. But if he can slip, you shouldn't feel too bad about you slipping because anybody can. So you trained to be a professional wrestler. You were fit your entire life. Right. You fell off because of, like, you, 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 you basically got hit with, let's call it what it is, an avalanche of life. Avalanche life. of life. An avalanche of the absolute nadir of life's experiences, right. including the stroke. Including the stroke. So both mentally and physically, I was both hit mentally and physically. So you're absolutely right. When you, when you talk about slip, when you talk about fall, uh, everybody, this can happen to anybody. It's not about the fall. And I want to get, I don't want to get, I don't want to say corny. There was one, there was a line that Sylvester Stallone said, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and get back up. Ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you this, the fitness industry, who you are, it's you. It's all about you. It's all about your tenacity, your perseverance. Okay. If you want it, go get it. 
You don't have to worry about anybody. You don't have to be, you don't need permission from anybody else, but you need permission from yourself. First, forgive yourself for the things you've done and the way you feel. Shut that off and start getting back to what you need to do. Always acknowledge your mistake, understand it, and then move on from it. Move on. Move on. Worst thing we do as human beings is we dwell in, in, in misery and self-pity. Okay? And it's addictive. It, it's, it is. And every one of us has that friend that every time we talk to them, oh, my this, oh, my that, oh, my wife left me, oh, my girlfriend's this, oh, I, you know. And I, oh, it, this is okay, by the way. For about five minutes. But when it goes into every time you see them, and this is something else you need to do to people. When you have a friend like this, you know, one of the, the best things that ever happened to me was my stepdaughter telling me, I'm sick of hearing this, Dad. I'm sick of it. You know what to do. Stop acting like a victim. Get off your ass and get back to what you need to do. At the time, it was like a bitch slap in my face because this is one of my favorite kids, right? And it was, I felt a little hurt by it, but then I realized she did it because she loved me and she wanted me to stop doing this. It, Matt, Dad, it's just getting old. Knock it off, you know? And sometimes maybe when you have these friends that are in, in a position like that, when it goes on and on, maybe one of the hardest things for you to do is give them a good bitch slap, <laughs> okay? A lot of people never get past that stage. Yes. One of the um, things I carry in the back of my head is the fact that both my mother and my brother didn't live particularly good lives. And most of the reason for that is there was always an anger thing. There was always a resentment thing. There was always some a grievance in the back of their head that they couldn't let go of. And because of that, they couldn't move past situations and they couldn't take a degree of control. And it truly in a very real way, crippled them and they were never able to move on from it. And I think everybody has that tendency, but some of us have it a little more than others. Absolutely. And because yeah. it's in my family, I have to remember that I am always one step away from just collapsing into self-loathing. Right. And if I do that, nothing gets done. So it's an active choice to not do that. It's not something that you magically no do or or like for some people it's easy probably not it just looks easy externally yes a lot of things that look easy are the result of a lot of determination and hard work and pushing forward since you didn't have to make that you didn't have to make their decision for them right you don't see that process it's never easy even for the people that make it look easy <laughs> exactly so exactly but the important thing for you is you made that decision. Let's talk a little bit what that decision was in detail. So you made this decision, you had all these issues, you gained all of this weight, and probably felt the worst you've ever felt in your life. It was terrible. It was, it was, it was terrible. The self-loathing, the, the shame, uh, and the shame, just your own self-shame. And then not to mention when people are mean to you, you know, my God, you know. Um, it reinforces the bad voices oh, in the head. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget the worst. I'm standing in line at a restaurant, and this guy I didn't even know comes up. He goes, uh, he says to me, wow, looks like uh, you, you could, you could look, like use a diet. And I'm like, I, I wanted to 
literally punched this man in the face because who the F do you think you are? I, 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 you're, you're a complete stranger, you know? And I guess because I would never in a million years talk to another human being like this way. It just, it, it devastated me, you know? And I, I, it sounds so ridiculous that a guy would, like me would have such a thin skin at that point in time. But that's what happened. It was, it, it, I was, you know, uh, brought to that level. I, I just remember getting up one morning and saying, okay, um, did, you have, did you have another question about that? No, no, you, okay. you continue. I was, I'm here. It didn't happen to me, but it easily <laughs> could have. I'm, I'm here angry and horrified on your behalf. I want to hit this bastard on your behalf. <laughs> Well, someone asked me, I guess the number one question is, is what did you do and how did you do it? Diet and exercise is individual. That's one of the big lessons I try to keep putting out there is what works for me may not work for you. And even what, even if it sort of works for you, you're going to have to adjust from what I'm doing. Bravo. Bravo. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. But what I want to know is one from an exercise standpoint, which is important, but not nearly as important as what did you do with the diet? Okay. Because working out builds you up, but losing weight, that is almost completely diet. Okay. So um, let's start with working out because... Working out, and keep in mind, I'm I'm 59 years old now, okay? Um, The biggest thing I will say to people, men and women over 40 that are training is let take your ego out of the equation go slow. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends that are in the same uh, category as I am uh, are, are overweight and, and given up because they refuse to go back to the gym and because they know they can't do what they used to do. You know, uh, and I'll just give you, for example, I would go into the gym technique. Uh, when I was younger, I could go on, I could throw 225 on a bench and I could crack, crack out 30 reps with 225, which is two plates on each side. Now I come in and I literally, I'm not kidding, because I start with the bar and I warm up. And when I do lateral, I mean, I don't worry about weight, you know, weight anymore. Um, I worry about quality of workout and consistency of workout. Okay. And that's the most important part. Take your ego out of the equation, get your butt back to the gym, go back into your own gym, back to the whatever gym you're going to go to. Be there, be consistent, and don't worry about what the guy next to you is looking at. Like, uh, you know, if you're doing five-pound lateral raises, so what? So what? You do your thing, let him do his thing. And also remember, if you're starting off, if you need to start off at five pounds, eventually you can build that up a little yes. bit. Yes. It's not like what you can't do is start, if you can only do five and you try to grab 20s, you're going to tear your so- shoulder, and then you're not going to be working out there for three months. There it is. So... There it is. And also, it's not a race. It really isn't. Or if you're going to look at it as a race, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's a marathon. And so you need to really, really pace yourself. But back to your advice. Uh, we, we talk about, are we still on? Let's talk to this theoretical person that I keep talking to, who is a guy who is, is trying to make the decision to start back up. Right, right. He wants to go to the gym. He doesn't know what to do. Right. What would your advice be specifically to him? Here, you're going to go into the gym, and if you listen to what I say, here's what I say you should do. Is this gentleman ever been acclimated to weight training? Let's at all? assume he's not. Okay. 
So I will say this. I think it is worth the time and worth the money to invest in a private trainer to get you started. If you have no concept of the weight training and what, it can be a very intimidating place, as you know. I mean, I mean, even for guys like me that are, that, uh, uh, it can be an intimidating place once you, uh, even to restart. So if you know nothing about the gym, I would suggest either you, you find someone like me <laughs> that you can talk to online, or you get a private trainer and spend a month, two months with that private trainer, get acclimated to the gym. Then, uh, you know, use that trainer as long as you want to. But I eventually, I always feel that you need to wean off a trainer. That's just my, my personal opinion on private training. You need to get to a point where you can get in there by yourself because the bottom line, this is you. This is all about you. That's just my opinion. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the private trainers out there would be mad at me for saying that. But I, I think um, use your trainer for a period of time. Uh, then every once in a while, you go back and touch base with that, with that private trainer, you know. But uh, I, I guess maybe because the gym to me is a very personal private. It's a private personal thing for me. Do you, do you know? Do you understand what I mean by that, Bruce? Uh, I think so. It's 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 my time. It's that's it, my church. It's my meditation place. So, I guess I don't really need people around me. I don't need a trainer. I don't need people around me to motivate me. I'm I'm self motivated in that direction. Not necessarily the rest of my life, but in that issue, I'm I'm very self motivated. Let's take a moment and assume maybe this person doesn't have the means. Okay, like they can afford themselves. A membership to 24 hour okay or generic gym x down the street but they're going to be going in there alone okay i've given thoughts before on how this person might start if he couldn't have the trainer okay. which is a great idea by the way having somebody show you how your body is going to adapt to this is a wonderful thing i, I definitely endorse that so you start like any of us did if you go into a gym and this is where the social thing comes into play Watch somebody that's doing something, whatever, like, like say they're working in their chest or they're working their bicep or their tri whatever it may be. Most people, most of the guys in the gym will be more than happy to give you a little advice. More, uh, most of the guys I've met at the gyms, they're, they're, in fact, you probably run into guys that want to over-advise you, in fact, you know. Um, but if, you have, if you're not too shy, walk up to somebody and say, hey, you know, um, wh what do you do to get a chest like that? And I'm telling you, they will take the time. Some of them will take the time to tell you, but a lot of them will take the time to even show you. But it's up to you to take that first step, though. And that's the rough part, guys. The rough part is taking that first step. It's just like going out on the dance floor and asking that girl to dance. <laughs> the dance isn't hard. It's asking that girl, can you dance with me? Right? So, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. And now that the video, uh, now that the online thing is happening so prevalent now, you can reach out and there are people out there that you can go online to, um, you know, I'm sure you can find Bruce online. Um, I always you can, give you my information at the end of the You can find videos. me online. You can find people online and, and write them a little letter. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed with your physique or I'm very, you've inspired me. What can you tell me? How, how did you do this? How did you do that? And I'm telling you, a lot of people will take the time to write back to you and they will tell you what you need to do. 
But uh, like Bruce said, though, training, it's all a matter of individualism. And uh, what works for me may not work for you. And that will take time for you to figure out what works for you. Somebody asked me one time, what is the best exercise, you know, for, build, for building your tricep? What is, and I said, the one you'll do. And they said, excuse me? You know, the one that works for you is the best exercise. Because the one that works for you may not work for me. The one that works for me may not work for you. That's something you got to figure out. There's definitely a degree of, I like this exercise. Like for triceps for me is, I like an exercise called a skull crusher where you lay flat on a bench. Right. And you've got, we have a bent bar, but you can do it with a straight bar. You can do it with um, dumbbells. But basically from the flat bench, you are bringing them over your head and then pressing them out, which is a weird angle. Right. I'll do a video on it sometime um, at the gym just to show you, because I can't show you in this chair. It's going to make no sense. Afterwards, I can really feel it. And I know that makes a difference. And I like doing them. And that's the key is, hey, this is fun because ultimately... You want to get into either a spiritual spot as Matt does, which is the gym is my church. I like I find my Zen there. Or for me, it's like a play around social. And I just happen to be really good at torturing myself. So I, I in a very weird way, enjoy it so I can spend hours doing it. But you find the you find your thing that you connect to. And then that makes the gym much more possible for you to get the growth you want out of it because if you view it as oh god i've got to go there yeah yeah it's not going to work for you if you hate every moment doing it it's it's hard to advise past that and that's a matter of finding the right exercises because i i I think if the goal isn't not to build your body like to really like boom buzz out your um, chest and it's just to become like fit and healthy Really, the actual exercises don't matter that much. No, no, they, they really don't. It's all about getting movement. It's all about, that's it. And you find the ones you like, make it a hobby, make it fun. You might really enjoy barbell bench pressing. You might hate dumbbell best yes. bench pressing. Yes. If you're not trying to, like I said, build little like, humong- like you know, this humongous breastplate and you just, <laughs> you just want to get some tone and fitness to your body doesn't matter which one you do no i, I agree with you 100 percent on that um again the iron ironically that one exercise that you like the most i hate that that tricep that the that skull, skull crusher pressure, i hate that it hurts my shoulders uh, you know i don't like it i'm scared when i'm coming down because if it slips it hits my head blah 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 <laughs> right but you're got to right. preserve the prettiness we got yeah. i understand <laughs> you know i understand <laughs> so it, it's funny ironically speaking that's funny the one that works for you i hate the most yeah i'm not a big fan of tricep kick right one arm tricep kickbacks and and that's what and and that's my favorite (laughs) and that is my favorite or overhead i had a feeling (laughs) i'm neutral on overhead overhead like i just feel like fully kind of extended in a weird way from here and i don't like that you don't like it i get it right i get it (laughs) but again the universe has provided us with so many options to go for there you go um, another one I like is just like the push downs. Right. That one's just fun. You've seen the commercials now for, you know, I don't want to want to put uh, brands on blast with the Peloton and uh, the, um, the intense high volume workouts. I, I think, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't agree with the pushing until you're going to fall down routines that these people are pushing. 
only so many people can adapt to it. Exactly. Like I can get into that kind of thing. Um, I, I find the culture of these companies to be a bit bourgeois. So yes. it, it doesn't suit me where I, I kind of like having to chase Scott with my gloves. Um, that like you, you, you saw me and he, he's got me doing things that me just going back to the gym, I don't have the endurance for, but I will plug through them. And if I've got to stop in the middle of them and take five deep breaths and then continue, I will. Right. That's my speed. Or, or when you saw me in the ring doing rolls and flips and just right. going as much as I possibly can before it becomes unsafe. Yes. I think for a lot of people that kind of like, um, just keep going as far as you can thing is Until bad. Well, I, 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 I do because then the average guy or the average woman will look at that. And then when you can't do it, you feel like this big ass loser because you see all these, you know, these people are like, oh, come on, let's push this 30 minutes and let's, let's rock and let's move. And I know it hurts, but keep going. You know, I'm sorry when you, and then a lot of people cannot keep up with that. I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you, I would have a hard time keeping up with that now. And, and I'm probably in better shape uh, than I've been in years, but I'm still, I'm not going to push it and I'm not going to let somebody else push me. I'm going to do what I'm going to need to do to get back in shape and to feel better about myself. But, um, so that's, but again, that is just an opinion. That's an opinion of a person that's been training since 1973. So, excuse me. Yeah. Since 1973 is when I first picked up a weight. Um, and, uh, like I said, when I was on the wrestling team, they really pushed, I mean, we really pushed, you know, where you're dying and the whole bit. That's okay. When you're a teenager, it's okay when you're in your twenties. But I don't, I don't agree with it when you're in your late 30s, late 40s, and 50s and 60s. Take it slow and, and enjoy yourself. It should be an enjoyable time. It shouldn't be, oh, God, you know, I got to, uh, you know. If it works for you, it works for you, and that's fine. Right. But if it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you've somehow failed. There it is. It means that you're either trying to go too far, too fast, too soon. Right. So don't, because you can build towards that if that's what you want to build towards. But if... You know, if you, you know, because like right now, and I'm sure you had your bugaboos when you started back up, like you're 100 pounds overweight, you start moving again, oh, and now you've got weak points that you didn't have before that yeah. you're just encountering. And I'm willing to bet one of those weak points were your ankles. Uh, believe it or not, uh, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my ankles and it wasn't my knees. It was my hips mm. that I was having trouble with. Um. And it's funny now because some of the workouts I do now, when I'm, I'll, I'll carry 70, 80 pounds on a walk, just uh, farmer's uh, walk. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I was carrying around a hundred pounds before. And now I'm like, I'm carrying around 60 pound dumbbells, you know, 60 pounds worth of weight. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> this is rough, you know, you know, and uh, so Somebody asked me, was like, you know, when you're training, are you going to put on like a, a weight vest? It's sort of like, I've got a 78 pound weight vest on me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I don't need to do that right now. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I would just love to get a pull up. I don't need to put on a weight vest and try it. Yeah, it, it's, it's um, like for me, my ankles, because I'm trying to do a lot and it doesn't require, and there's a bunch of agility involved. Right. So I'll feel it in my, I'll feel it in my ankles and specifically my left Achilles right now. And that really sucks. But right now, not the time for me to train to run a 5K. 
Well, by the way, I will tell you that. Um, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. Injuries are going to happen, and, and you're going to be stiff, and you're going to be sore. You have to know your body. You have to know what you can push through and what, you know, I better not do that again. That, that's a whole, and this is something you're going to have to learn. I can't teach you this. Bruce can't teach you that. No one, you know, not your personal trainer can't teach you. This is something you have to figure out. But I, I, I guess what I'm telling you is it, it ain't going to be easy, but it is worth it. it. It is worth it. I'm telling you, it is worth it. And I'm telling you this because now we can, we can reverse health issues now with nutrition and proper diet, you know, proper exercise and proper mental attitude. And all of these things coincide with each other. The proper mental attitude, the proper diet, proper exercise. They all work out together. They all, you need all three of these to make it happen. But you can change. Like, for example, when I was, 300, when I was 100 pounds overweight, my blood pressure was through the roof. They wanted to put me on blood pressure medication. They wanted to put me on cholesterol medication for the rest of my life. After I dropped, after I've lost 100 pounds, my blood pressure is 128 over 67, 68. My cholesterol level has dropped without any medication whatsoever. Because we all know guys my age that are on 12, 13, 14 different prescription medications. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not downing prescription medication, but there are things that you can take, take over and change yourself. You just got to stop being lazy. I'm, I'm sorry, and there's no other word around it. Stop being lazy, get off your butt, start moving. Now, I'm gonna, when, when Bruce talks about um, uh, the diet, uh, I want you to get your pad and pencils out because this is going to be very intense and it's going to be very direct and you're going to have to write it down. Of course, this is also going to be on video so you can listen to it over, over <laughs> a couple of times. So, so yeah, let's transition into, into your diet, into your okay. diet. Are you ready? Are you have your pencil and pad ready? You have your, do you, are you ready to take all this valid information down? <laughs> so here it is, folks. Just have some common sense about the food that you put into your body. Period. That's, it doesn't get any more complex than that. Okay? Get yourself, find out a basic diet. There are, and there are many of them out there. When I say diet, I'm not talking about deprivation, by the way. I'm talking about proper foods that you eat. Um, the time, uh, the amount of food you eat. Things along the perimeter of the supermarket, not down the aisles. There you go. Stay away from canned foods of any kind whatsoever, period. Anything processed, stay away from. And here's the biggest one. Write this down. Stay away from soda pop. Alleviate that from your diet. It is pure poison, ladies and gentlemen. Stay away from it, period. Get more water into your system. Like I said, I'm not telling you, I'm not, this is no great secret from the gods. Use common sense. And my biggest thing, if your schedule uh, allows it, stop your caloric intake after seven or eight o'clock in the evening. Completely. I mean, completely. Uh, after that last meal of the night, stop it. And when I see your last meal of the night, Try to eat two hours, three hours before you go to bed. Three hours. It, it, you know? Three hours is, is, is the better window. So let's, exactly. let's leave it at three hours. Two to three or three hours before you go to bed. And what that means is you can't go sneaking back to the refrigerator and shove something in your mouth before you try to do that. The reason and, and the reason Matt is telling you to do that is 
when you go to sleep is when your body does the majority of its changes. That's where you, you get muscle growth. It releases human growth hormone. And there's growth a bunch hormone. of other various hormones that get released. Having an insulin spike going on in your body at that time disrupts that entire process. So you need a good three hours for your insulin to come back down right. and not disrupt these processes. That's why the three hours is incredibly important. And I just wanted to give that little bit of clarification. I dropped the majority of my weight by not eating after seven, after, after, after doing that three hour window after eating at my last meal of the evening. I dropped um, 60 pounds without doing cardio by just doing that alone. Also, how many of you out there know that person that's overweight and said, well, I ate one meal a day and I'm still gaining weight. Well, we all know why that's happening now. The body's a very unique piece of equipment. If you do that to yourself, the body goes into what we call starvation mode. What I'm telling you, this is all basic information. You may not even know it, but it's all basic information. So anything that you do eat, if you're eating one or two meals a day, the body stores in fat. The body will store it in fat, and now you'll gain weight. Even if you're working out, even if you're only eating that one or two meals a day, best way to do it, I eat five to six meals a day. Now I eat a, a, a decent breakfast. Now when I say a, 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 a very common sense breakfast, you know, you know, two eggs, usually one egg, one egg white, one piece of toast. You'd be surprised, by the way, the amount of food Americans eat at breakfast. You ever gone out and watched people eat at breakfast? I mean, I just did that like last week. So. You know, hash, you know, a slab of hash browns about that big, three eggs, four pieces of toast. You know, and I've seen people wash that down. Have with, you gone to Lancers? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to Lancers? Yeah. I, have you gotten the um? Have you gotten the corned beef hash and eggs? Yeah. See how because, much food there is on that plate. Yes, I've never. Ever successfully, me, me. Finish I it? have never successfully finished that. Yeah. And you can substitute the toast for two pancakes. And not little pancakes, <laughs> but actual thing. <laughs> which if you're going to do it right, you got to do the there. substitution. And there but, it is. <laughs> but that literally is potentially a 2,000, 2,500 calorie, calorie meal. meal. And, and if you're drinking coffee with creamer and, or, or most people now are drinking Coke with their, you know, like having a Coke with their, you're, now you're raising it well up into the 3,000 range, you know? And that's breakfast. And that's breakfast, by the way, you know? Most people, I don't think most people realize that even when you're doing something a lot more sane than Lancers, which is just about anywhere else you might go. Right. It's still, most meals that people are having, if it's eating out, range somewhere from if you're low, seven eight hundred calories to probably around twelve to fourteen. Well, and that would um, be just like your normal. Ex well, most it, like most when I go out when I go out on a date. By the way, if we go to a restaurant, like when, he's sitting on me right now. <laughs> well, like if you go to um, Black Angus or if you go to the bigger bigger restaurants, there is literally enough food when they have when they bring one 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 meal out. There's enough food for two people. So I've done that when I've gone on a, on a, on a, on a date. Uh, what are you having? Well, let's share. And, and if they can't share what I'm having, I'll share what they're having. And there's more than enough to satisfy two people. So if you're wondering why most of America is overweight and obese, the amount of portions that we have have become the norm. And that's when you need, that's, that's the part you need to change. 
Now, like I said, literally in the morning, I have, I have two eggs, an egg white and a whole egg, one piece of toast, a half a banana, and a glass of orange juice, or like a half a glass of orange juice. That's my breakfast. That's what, and I'm perfectly satisfied. Two hours later, I have another small meal. Two hours after that, I'll have lunch. Two hours again, I'll have another small meal. And two hours after that, I'll have dinner. Okay. But I probably eat less food in a day than you will eat in three days. Most of America will eat in three days. You know, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but you, you understand what I'm that's, saying. Because that's, that's those are some pretty big meals if that's like. But, but the meals what, are what you meant is that what you're, you're going to eat in three days. Yes. Would amount to what the average American would eats in one day. One day. That's that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was really trying to say. And um portion control is the biggest thing. And it's a very hard psychological thing to break, too, because here's a trick for that uh, yeah. that I that I don't personally do, but I've heard about is most plates that you have are dinner plates. Right. So you psychologically want to fill that plate. Right. Use a smaller, like a little salad plate, or even that's what I do. Yep. That's what I do. <laughs> Another little trick is get smaller silverware. <laughs> These are psychological tricks, but they do work. Absolutely. If you're going to eat the way Matt eats, this helps you psychologically satisfy yourself. It's sort of like if, you get, if you're going to have a bag of chips, which is not encouraged, but if you are, if you get yourself a small bag of chip, you'll eat the bag of chips. Right. If you get yourself a big bag of you'll chips, eat the whole bag. you'll eat a bag of chips. Yep. So... If you don't want to eat a thousand calories worth of chips, you get the 200 calorie bag of chips. It is the whole thing with portion control. By the way, carbonated beverage, even Perrier, even seltzer water, the carbonation in um, a beverage when you're drinking it with food slows down the stomach acid when you're eating. So what does that do when you're eating and you're slowing down your stomach acid? It's making that food sit in your stomach that much longer before it breaks down. So I would say, I'm, I, I'm imploring you out there, try not to drink a carbonated beverage while you're eating. You can have one of these uh, Perrier. You can even have a, when I say don't drink soda pop, I'm not talking about alleviate it completely out of you. I mean, you can have a couple of these things a week, but try, especially, you know, like what is the biggest thing we do as Americans when we order pizza? What do we wash it down with? One of, the big, one of the biggest carbs that we're eating is, is pizza, and we wash it down with Coke. It just sits there and rots in your belly for that much longer before it gets processed through. So stop drinking carbonated beverages with your meals, if at all possible. I have to admit, I'm, I'm sometimes guilty of that, though. My, my Really, my big drink is iced tea. Unsweetened iced tea is my jam, so. Well, that's, that's, I don't see how that's bad. I mean, unsweetened I don't see how iced that's tea. Bad unsweetened <laughs> iced tea. Uh, uh, you know, these crystal light products. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would, uh, th those are, uh, but even those keep those down to one or two a day. I know, I know people, I drink eight or nine of those a day. I mean, the bottom line, let's face it. It's, it's all, it is chemical. It is chemical. It's a chemical. And, uh, and it's you know, even it's better if, than Coke, but <laughs> you know, at best it's neutral at worst. Who knows? Because yes. who yeah. knows? Yeah. Basically, it's real foods, whole foods, not processed foods. Nothing processed. And I alleviate carbs after the second meal of the day. I, I do alleviate carbs after the second meal of the day. Which, and how that helps him is he has two meals where he's getting an insulin spike and an insulin spike, at which point 
his other meals are not producing nearly as much insulin reaction, which effectively gives him a 14 to 16, possibly even an 18 hour window where his insulin isn't peaking, peaking, peaking. Right. And that's, and that's part of the key to how he lost weight, because if he was insulin spiking throughout the day, Matt wouldn't have been able to lose the weight he was able to lose. The irony of though is now that I've gotten down to back down to 220, the funniest part is losing this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop another 20. Losing this last 20 pounds has been, it's been a, it's been a, you know, I forgot to tell you guys about this, by the way. Once you do get to a certain goal and you want to drop a little more, it's going to be harder. The harder, it's harder and harder. You, you know what I'm talking about, Bruce. Yeah. When you get there, um, like I said, I, I wanted to drop this last 20 pounds and it's been holding on like an ex-wife, you know, <laughs> you know, like a bit, it's been holding on like a bitter ex-wife. And uh, uh, again, it's all about perseverance. You have to look at it and go, you're not going to beat me. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you, but it's all on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry. he's not to down, but no, I'm not yet. <laughs> not to downtrodden the women in my life, but <laughs> send all legal comments. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Birch at uh, we're going to burn his house down.com. <laughs> well, the, you know, when you're talking about the last 20 pounds, the further you have to go, the easier it is to lose it. Right. Partially because, you know, muscle is a very active tissue where fat is not. Right. But still carrying it around requires energy. So your energy needs are going down as you're losing weight. Um, and you can counterbalance that with how much you work out. Right. But your base level metabolism does kind of drop. So somebody who weighs 400 pounds is going to find that first 100 pounds to lose much right. easier than like you that. did at 300. And of course, at 300, much easier than it's going to be at 200. 200. And also, your body hits what's called homostasis, where you know your body wants to be this weight. Right. You've always been a big, beefy boy throughout your entire life. Chances are 220 is kind of, even though you've got some more that you can go, your body probably is quite happy. It's probably hit a degree of homostasis. So now you're a little working against what your body naturally wants. Exactly. Exactly. You up the cardio a little bit. You up your game. It's all about upping your game a little bit. Yeah. You know. Do you have any other fitness, diet, or mindset advice you feel would be pertinent? Uh, what I'm closing out today with you today is this, is stay positive alleviate, if you can, alleviate the people in your life that are negative and toxic. So let's talk a moment about that because I, I, I really like that topic because there's a lot of people who find themselves being held back because of the people they've chosen. And even more than chosen, sometimes it's family. Yes. And you feel like you owe the, your family your loyalty and allegiance no matter what they do to you. And nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Family, exactly. And family can be some of the worst. I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you an example. When I was a kid working out and I met Arnold and I met, you know, and my brother, of course, was a bodybuilder. And I remember I was 12, 13 years old. And what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be an action movie, TV star, bodybuilder type guy. And my mother and my dad and my sister told me I was ridiculous that not many people make it in that industry and I should be going into something else. Accounting. Whatever, it be, exactly. So 
I did attain some notoriety as I've gotten older, okay? But it took me years of, of deprogramming negative behavior. But I often wonder if I would have had an ounce of positive feedback when I was a kid and pushing me in the right direction. Could I have been a Van Damme? Could I have been a Schwarzenegger? Could I have been a, a Stallone? I think so. If you see pictures of me when I was younger, I could have been one of these guys. If I, if I would have had an ounce of encouragement, you know. So my, my thing to you people is, is if you have negative people in your life, alleviate them. I'm sorry. And, and, and even if they're family, and sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to do that when it's family. But you only have one life, and you can't worry about what these people need. You have to worry about what you need. You have to be a little selfish sometimes because it's one life, and you have to be happy. And you have to also remember that you are the aggregate of the people you surround yourself. You will be affected by who they are, their attitudes, and they will shape you. And either of these are people who are making positive additions to your life or they're making negative additions to your life. Right. And ultimately, you can withstand a lot of things in your world. But if the people closest to you are just negative and pulling you down, you will never, ever outrun the gravity of that negativity. Just like if you're surrounded by a bunch of supportive, positive people, you will go further than you are capable of going on your it's own. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's one of the fundamental facts of your life. And it's one of the things that if you don't change it for yourself, if you don't, if you just keep surrounding yourself with negativity and your life is not good, which chances are, if you are surrounded by negativity, your life is not good. It's never going to get better. And it's a hard fact, and it's, it's a shame that that's how the, the world works. But either people are lifting you up or dragging you down, and you have to identify who they are and make some hard decisions there. It's just life. Yes, I agree 100%. I agree. So, and oftentimes we're so worried about hurting these people's feelings that we're, we're worried about hurting their feelings, and we're being downtrodden by them, but we're worried about hurting their feelings. Because I know you've been there. You've done it. I've done it. And I'm not saying you should go tell your sister to go F off or your, you know, what I'm saying is comfortably distance yourself from people. Like I said, doesn't mean you have to be an ass about it, but distance yourself from these people, whether they be friends, family, acquaintances, you know, coworkers, try, just distance yourself. Have as little to do with negative people as you possibly can. Yeah. You can still be kind. Yes. And you should always strive to be kind. Absolutely. Absolute fact. Ultimately, people will respond to more positive energy and will see you in better light. Don't be a doormat, but no. don't be an asshole. Don't be a victim, but don't be an asshole. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about, you had mentioned to me, like when I asked you, hey, Matt, you want to come on? Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about this. Like there's this thing I'm thinking of doing because I want to encourage people as they're getting up there in age. Do you have like a, a plan in mind, a project in mind? Well, uh, Is there something you want, might want to talk about? What I wanted to do was uh, do something like what you're doing here and have an open forum, especially for guys over 50. Uh, because, uh, you know, to tell them that it's not over. Do you know, you ever watched that show, Barney Miller? Did you ever watch the show, Barney Miller? I'm aware that it existed. Okay, okay. There was a scene in there and there was a guy named Abe Bogota. There was a scene in there and he was like, I'm a 63-year-old man. And this guy looked like he was in his 90s. 
I'm a 63 year old man and I can't do this anymore. The guy was 63 and he looked like he was in his 90s. Okay. I'm almost 60 and I can outdo a lot of guys that are in their 20s. I've watched you do that. Okay. So, right. You know what I mean? And that's, by the way, that's not my goal to outdo these younger guys. That's not my goal. <laughs> but there's a little well, bit of pride happening. No, he does it. No, no. He's being modest. But what I just like to do is, is get a forum for guys and men and women, by the way. I'm not, I'm not prejudiced towards women. I love women. Right. <laughs> but it's just natural to talk about guys because, because that's, that's who, yeah, that's, that's who that's where you come from. Yeah. But he, he's, I think what you want to do is have this for like you want to have it's about the people reaching right. their sunset years without, you know, basically building their box around them at age 50. Yeah, because a lot of people they a lot of people give up at, at a certain age. You know, they, they do. And again, I believe it's because of the diet, because their diet was crap, because they weren't exercising, because they weren't doing things. You can change it. But I'm telling you, you can change it around. All you got to do is have the want and the know how. Are you just like it's early stage or? Oh, it's 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 just it's, an idea. It's conceptual right now. It's like like I said, I I want to be able to reach out. I want these people to be able to reach out to me, and I I can individually talk to them for a few minutes and tell them what you know, like give them some 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 encouragement. You know, you know, basically sort of like a Discord server for the older age. And by the way, if you think this is easy for me, let me tell you something. Okay, I have had. The left shoulder rebuilt. I have titanium. I have a titanium left shoulder. I have a titanium right hip. I've had a compound fracture of the tib fib. I've been shot twice. I have had a number of injuries over the years. This is not. This is not something. Well, Matt, you can do it because it's easy for you. No, it's not. No, it's not. Why? The reason I bring all this up is not to brag about these injuries, but to tell you injuries are not an excuse, by the way, okay? I've seen guys in there with prosthetic limbs. You've seen, you know, working out, I mean, in, in fin, I saw somebody with- Phenomenal shape. I saw somebody with cerebral palsy in a wheelchair doing shoulder the shoulder presses. You, yeah, we probably know who the young man, I, know, I think I know the young man you're-, you're Yeah, talking. wherever you're at in your life, you may not be able to rep out, you know, 50, 500 pound chest presses, but you right. don't have to. It doesn't no, really you don't. matter where you start. Right. It just matters that you start. And I say these injuries because most of these things happen to us after 40 or after 50. Most we get, the body breaks down, but you know, let's face it. But I'm telling you right now, it ain't no excuse. And also as the body is going to break down more, if you don't build it back up, you have two choices with pain. You are either going to be in pain from building yourself up or you're going to be in pain from breaking down. Right. One seems easier because it doesn't require the direct will of putting in the effort. Right. So you can just simply sit on the couch. But then everything in your life gets progressively harder. Yep. You either put in the time acutely or you pay the price over a much longer period of time. And, and, and that's about as, as simple as it gets. Um, it, it's, it's all about movement. Again, guys, it's all about movement. And it's like, not as hard as you think it is. No, it's really not. And like Bruce said, you don't have to be in there. You don't have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger when you go into a gym. It's all, just be consistent. Just get in there, do your thing, have a good time. And um, I'm telling you, it, it's worth the effort. I'm telling you, it's worth the effort. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I was on my way out. I'm not, I'm not kidding, Bruce. I was on my way out. I'm not, I was really on my way out when, when I decided to get back into the, when I say on my way out, I'm not, I mean, my health was, 
I was in a sorry state of affairs. And I have literally done a 180, take, taken that and done a 180 with it. Okay. And I plan to be here. So I just got this hip done two months ago. And two months ago. Two months ago. <laughs> yeah. And you see, you know. He still has the warranty. Yeah. Still, well, the doctor said, I'm going to get 30 years out of it. And I'm like, and I plan to use each. And so that'll put me at 91 years old. When, you know, and I plan to use every single one of those years, by the way. I have two grandchildren. I plan to, I plan to hang out with them. I plan to walk both of them down there when they get married someday. I plan to be here for quite some time to come. And putting in the effort to make sure that it's quality. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll be here. And I'll be here to help you out too. So if you want to ask Matt, I'll be here. Well, speaking of that, Matt. Yeah. One, thank you for being here. And where can people find you when they're not finding you here? Again, in my living room. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I do have an Instagram page, uh, Repo Matt nineteen sixty. Excuse me, Repo Matt sixty four. Uh, I do have three. Excuse me, I have four Facebook pages. You have to be careful. Uh, I, I did a TV show for twelve years called Operation Repo. So there are a few people out there that have. Fake, I have fake pages, but if you we're go going up, to put direct. So yeah. what's going to happen is I'm going to um, get the direct links from you, and then they're going to be published in this episode. It'll be right. on the YouTube, and they can find me from there. After yeah, that. they'll be able to click from there. Yeah. But still, you should be saying where you're. Well, you should still be laying it out here. Well, like I said, I you know, <laughs> uh, Matt Bur If you look up Matt Birch on Facebook, you'll 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 find who I am, and you'll you know, uh, please friend request me, and I'll be glad to talk to you. And again, you can find me on Instagram. And of course, I am the fittest fat kid you know. And you can always find me here on my podcast, The Fittest Fat Kid You Know. All of my socials are at Fittest Fat Kid, including my Facebook page. And as Matt said, reach out. I am here to answer questions. I am here to commiserate, to advise, to sympathize, to make fun of, to make light of. And you can email me at hi there at fittestfatkid.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. Watch us on YouTube. I'm always around. <laughs> and so, once again, hold yourself accountable, but do it with kindness and understanding. And I'll see you next week.